Hi, and welcome to the 136th edition of the Keen Minds podcast, where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And how did you like the episode? Oh, it was a mixed bag for me. Okay. Probably the best way to put it. Nicely. I I enjoyed The Blacklister. I thought it was a good idea. Um, And I, I, I like... I always do like to see those blacklisters in which Red can use personally like that. And so it's uh, we, we've seen him build his Red's army before. And this is, I mean, granted, she's not necessarily army material, but it, it's something along those lines. Someone to bring into the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see see what what happens with her yeah. i uh, i you know i i've never been you know very enthusiastic about this couple of writers uh, but i've been warming up i mean i think that they're they definitely finding their legs and i gotta say this episode is, is actually one of my favorites it's i i really find found myself enjoying enjoying the episode i i enjoy the the kind of time that every um every character got except for wrestler who just wasn't well wrestler wasn't there because he's i think that he was filming in tandem with the next episode which is also only wrestler so that kind of explains it but the rest of them got you know pretty balanced time and i like that um and, and i was intrigued by the blacklister i i like when we get blacklisters that have they're doing bad things for a good reason. This is another parent protecting a child. Yeah. And, you know, he, she's working with this with this uh, criminal because the son got into bad company. And she's able to handle all this darkness. And I found, you know, it was a little bit like Tony Soprano not to. Um, it, it just, I liked it. And I got to say... The performance of James Spader, and when he realizes about the letter and in the airplane and just talk, I mean that scene is that that entire uh, bunch bits of scenes in there when he realizes that Dembe betrayed him is it was very very good. Yeah. Um, do we want to? to say so everything's so intertwined in this and especially mm-hmm. with red is so deeply intertwined with everything i have in here in my notes for agnes and Dembay and all of that uh do, do we want to start with that yes okay let's let's start with uh is there any easy thing to start <laughs> i got a parallel for you um, that you're gonna I was gonna like say, I, I will say before we jump into red uh one thing that i want to give kudos to the uh the director of the episode the way they led in and or it maybe maybe it was the coopers that did it um in the script itself but the way they led in with uh with dr sand talking the sharpshooter through um and the way it looked like and was shot as if she was talking to a musician 
and mm-hmm. trying to give I you know me I love those little quick switches that yeah, blacklist is so the good misdirections. with yeah and I, I really appreciated that mm. yeah I I thought the episode was well done well written well acted well directed I I enjoy that um one thing that was that was interesting to me is that this was a you know the the show had been kind of like I'm not gonna say dancing, more like more like ice skating on top of of mythology. And then suddenly they just found a uh, they did a little hole with a laser in the ice and went right and dove and dove right back in. So I like that. I like that that it's been you know the the kind of like Lula's yeah this is kind of forgotten but it isn't. So I like that. Do you mean um, in reference to to the letter? Yes. Why? Why? I mean, what that letter? Bringing that letter. I mean, I got a lot of things to say about that letter, so probably we should leave that for later. Because yes, I have a lot to say. Uh, one thing that I found interesting, and I wonder if you thought the same. You know, Peter. That conversation with Peter and Aline. I mean, they got into this thing. He comes into the post into the post office. He's like, "Yeah, I thought I know you, but I don't. I, I don't even. I didn't even not know that I knew you. That I don't know you, and I don't know even if I know you or not." It felt to me like he was just going right back to Tom, who thought he knew Liz, and oh, I know all your tales, and, and Liz was like, "Yeah, right." Or vice versa, Liz that thought she knew Tom in season one, knew yeah. all of his secrets and knew knew who he was and what he was doing. And then suddenly, bam, surprise, yeah. babe, I'm yeah. a spy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely got that vibe as well. I, I certainly thought that. I And maybe that is part of my irritation with the way they have introduced Peter. Because I Peter is not a is a spy too. I and maybe, but my problem with and this this is a bit of a rant here. Um, because I like Peter. I have no reason to like Peter, and I think that's why I like him and why I'm so irked. Is <laughs> because okay, they I know I know about you. <laughs> I like, I'm not supposed to like it, but I do. Some characters I like out of spite, okay? But the thing okay. is, I don't think that they're intending spite you like. not to like him. Yeah, I, I spite spite appreciate spite like there you go <laughs> attracts from me though it really does um but with peter my problem is that it feels very much like they brought him in as a plot device he is only there she is only married there is only this relationship in order to give her something which, don't get me wrong, I'm thrilled to death they finally gave Alina something and that there's been more to her character this year. It took them long enough. Mm-hmm. But I just, I feel like they needed to give us something of Peter. Because now they're making the same mistake with Peter, except we're supposed to feel something for this relationship. And I know we are, and I think that's one reason why I want to feel something for it. But it's very difficult to introduce somebody in the way that they've introduced Peter at this point in the story. And 
it's almost like they're saying you should be, you know, you should have an emotional connection to the situation because we've told you you should. Not because they have actually given us anything for it. You think that we're supposed to? I have a feeling that he's going to be dead pretty soon. Oh, then they just... Oh, that he's him. not who he is. I mean, my feeling with him oh, has always been <laughs> that the connections are giving us to Tom and Liz basically are telling us that Tom, that Peter is not who we think he is. Because Alina has a secret, and Peter, you know what? It seems like either he is that mad, and then why is he even going there? But the fact that they brought him into the post office just reminded me when Tom got himself into the post office. The whole thing just got a little bit of like, okay, we're we're really beating up the parallels here. Uh, some people would say uncharitable that is just recycling stories. I think that there is a point to making all these parallels, but it just it just had that that vibe to me that this guy is not what he's supposed to be. I mean, the way he's acting is like I'm seeing like nothing in the eyes, and it, especially when he's turned away from her, like there is nothing. Yeah. So I mean, he was talking to her and she couldn't see his eyes. And his expression was like totally blank. And so my feel is there is something there. Is it going to be right or not? I don't know. But I found that intriguing. Maybe and, it's maybe it's just the subconscious uh, linking to Tom that has me wanting to appreciate this guy. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I, it, it, it may it's be. It's 2.0. I was, I mean, I would rather have Tom back personally, yes, but I'm not without Liz. I, I would like to have both of them back. I mean, oh, can I, I put like my Christmas request in? Oh, no, I want both of them back. I just would like to erase the last couple mm. seasons, personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one of the most intriguing things, you know, since we're going to talk about the characters, you know, um, was a Ram... Aram spending that enormous amount of money on... Real fast before we go into Aram. Um, another parallel mm -hmm. that, uh, having to do with Alina is the migraines. It reminded me of uh, Samar. True. Especially up... They don't use that location very often, that uh, loft area. Um, but we did have a very iconic scene between Samar and Aram up there with the leftovers. Yes. And that's that's one of the few scenes we've actually had in that little loft area. And to find her there, I mean, when, when you have a migraine, you don't tend to go to an open area. You tend to find a little corner but mm -hmm. where you shut all the lights off, shut everything off. We know there are offices. Mm -hmm. So it was intentional that she was there. And that really did remind me of Samar. Um, not, not that Samar went there when she had her migraine. She did like a same person would do and went to a, yeah. <laughs> to her office. But. Yeah, but it was it's a compilation of two Samar scenes: the the leftovers and the migraines combined exactly. all in in like the one scene, which is a kind of, of subtle thing that you think are there. Um, one of the one of the most interesting things that I found in this episode was was Aram. I found Aram fascinating here. Because it is the first time that Mr. Dugudi Aram has acknowledged that he had 
that he went to therapy to deal with his darkness. I do have a question, though, because I I thought I remembered, and I may just be remembering this incorrectly, but I thought I remembered something about the first time he went to therapy being in season one when he shot... Um, when he I shot. don't know that he said he was the first time. But and he maybe was that's it. Maybe I'm just thinking of that. Maybe I just put that into place. But um, it was interesting that he's been going since he was 10. And and he's 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 dealing with da- the darkness. And we know that he was a hacker and he was uh, he was uh, recruited right out of out of uh, MIT. So there is there is this first indication here that Aram has a sign that he had kept carefully hidden. And if you remember a long time ago, I kept thinking there is going to be something with Aram. Uh, we know that he has a capacity for it. We saw it with Red when he stole the money from Red to get the attention to get him to get him to Samar. So um, all that was exactly what they were going to do. And it seems to me that the theme of this season is is that therapeutic uh, coming to terms and finding the light in the darkness. So in a way was, you know, introducing this theme. The Red is saying from the very beginning that he had found light, that he had found peace, and he's brought back here now. He's talking at the end in that session uh, how how he's you know he's the he's mad. He knows that he goes. He's attracted by the darkness. And he drags everybody with him. It seems a lot of uh, understanding of his issues. Yeah, and I I definitely want to touch on that ending monologue from Red because one it was. As as per the usual, it was an amazing delivery by James. And I I actually stopped on my rewatch and backed it up so that I could write down everything he was saying to catch everything. Mm-hmm. And because I know that there is something in there. Like it's it's one of those things that while in theory we know that every word on in the script that's uttered on and you know makes it past the editing process should have weight there are also things that will have more weight mm-hmm. for the mythology and for the storyline on whole speaking of things that have weight though um this is a nice short segue uh back to a rom so he told the cute little anecdotal story about learning calculus well about learning calculus and it was calculus wasn't it yeah um and trying to to teach his parents that and and all of this and it was it was a cute little story but I, i remember looking at it and going while i'm entertained by that and while you know as you know me i'm i'm a character person you know i enjoy the deepening of any character any way but for where we're at in the story, much like his parents being there at the beginning of the season, I'm going, why are we being told this? And I have to wonder if they were trying to subtly remind us of his parents. Because I, I put a pin in it at the beginning of the season. There was a reason that 
mm-hmm. Aram's mom and dad were there after eight full seasons of never seeing any of his family. His grandfather's car was used in season three for the Keen's wedding. Yeah. And that's as close as we ever got. Uh, uh, and, and he mentioned things. Every he mentioned, you know, here and there. Yeah. The, uh, one of his parents was Muslim. One of his parents was Jewish. Um, I don't remember which was which at this point. Uh, but a, a couple of very mild things that he just dropped along the way. But at this point, nine seasons in, it was already an interesting decision to bring the parents in and show them, cast them, keep show reminding them. you with a little drop. And I, I think that's what they're doing. I still don't know what the purpose is, but if you're onto something with, you know, looking at, you know, him talking about the darkness and maybe they're going a certain direction there. I have to wonder if that's going to be tied back in at some point this season. Mm. I, I have a feeling and, and I'm going to say, um, There, there is this episode functions in a way to me as as a as a Rubicon. From this point forward, there is only three ways: either you're a casual viewer and the matter of the quality of the writing does not matter to you at all. You're entertained by the story you're going to watch. You're not going to watch in detail. Uh, you know, you take the story as it goes. But you cannot look from here point on in regards to the mythology and think the writers are mediocre. There's a lot of people saying the writers are terrible. They're doing this. It's, 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 it's horrendous. They botch the mythology. They just cobble things together. And it's, you know, the terrible writers. Or you think that the writers are incredibly good or incredibly bad. But they can't, you can't be in the middle of the road anymore with this. This episode was crafted in such a way, not only with the, with the main characters, but when you get into the mythology, that really forces you to choose the side which you're going to stand um, and and I know it's uh, we're going to be talking about this in a in a in long, but what did you think about Dembis' action in here? I mean, he was oh, the, this his entire thing when he gets he gets to this you know we know that he's a sharpshooter he goes to this to this range uh, he says oh I could uh, by the way that delivery was priceless. Who could do that thing? I could. Just like, you know, this is not even a matter we should do this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very interesting. And you know how much I love Dembe. You know how much I want to think the best of Dembe. But I did find it interesting that knowing what he knows and having the conversations that he's had... and. And honestly, even if the conversations weren't had, he just knows how the world works because he's lived in it since he was 14 years old. He walks into this place that clearly has a link to red. 
the woman says, oh, well, you know, she walked in here with, with someone or Red walked in here with someone else. And, uh, you know, and they talk about it. So this woman knows that he's linked to Red, knows that he used to work for Red. And when she asks what his encore is, he says that he joined the FBI. And I'm just going and, and he gave a false name for Alina. But he he was so ready to tell this woman that is linked to Red, that knows he is linked to Red, that he joined the FBI. Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder, I don't know if you ever watched the show Brooklyn Mm Nine-Nine. Fantastic show. It's hilarious, but it's also just really, really well written in a lot of ways. Uh, There's a there's a story arc in which Jake Peralta, who's the main character, uh, he gets fake fired so that he can go undercover with the mafia. And he goes in and just makes this big splash about, you know, like, it basically just screams to high heavens that he's been fired and this and that, setting himself up and positioning himself mm-hmm. so that he can get to somebody. This kind of felt like that. Like, he is going in to, I don't want to call it the lion's den because it's not like this woman is against him, but he is actively putting himself in a position, putting Red in a position. with the FBI yeah. and all that, yeah. It, it definitely... It, Blatantly it, it saying it. Yeah, it's just, it just like right in your face all the time. And it's like yeah. every episode it's, they just tell you again. Yeah. It's, it feels like he wants something. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that he is positioned so something will happen. I agree. There is something happening in all this that is weird. Now, this the we're getting we're getting very interesting flashbacks to things that happened all the way at the beginning, which I find very interesting. You know, we just got Svenko back, and he's been feature and Svenko was used to ID uh Tom's fake brother. Um was that is that the same person? Yeah. That's the torch ID that he has slept with Fadila and you know and then they got the 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 weekend in the house in in Yeah no no I know who you're talking about. I just didn't realize it was the same person but you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's been a while since I've done a full rewatch. Yeah. So that's you know, we're getting this. Then we're getting the, this one thing that was most interesting to me uh, is is this whole setup with Cooper's framing. Oh, this, yeah. Is, this has so many levels of weird that I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going, I mean, you know that I'm not thinking very, I don't, I'm not a person who thinks very simple and small steps. I'm, I tend to do leaps and it seems it's usually hard to follow when I write posts and things like that. They're very long. But this, this is Tom Connolly 2.0 much better done. I mean, you're getting this guy, Lou, is giving me the creeps. Oh, okay. Question for you. Yes. I, I know how I feel about this, but question for you. Do you think Lou is an honest friend or do you think he's part of setting Cooper up? He's part of setting Cooper up. I'm not even sure that that gun was used 
the fact that he found the gun without the, the thing that then this guy say he alters something so he won't show. He's like, what if it didn't show the, from the very beginning? So Cooper didn't do anything. He was set up. And on top of the setup, he's being set up with a false setup to make that happen. And then there is a recording that who would have known that he was going to meet this guy. He's been open talk, op, talk, openly talking with this guy in his house. And then they go and they talk in, in, the, uh, in the car. And so Charlene lied to the detective. Charlene is acting very weird, you know, getting all upset. He's like, honey, this happened because you had an affair with your neighbor. Um, I don't know where you're getting on this high horse of yours here, but. um, And it's not like it's the first time she's ever lied about anything for Cooper and like gone out of her way to do things that are illegal for Cooper. Yeah. I I mean, mean, she leaked evidence at one point fake evidence and, and reports. It's like, you're not like, you're not here like Snow White here with like, you don't have a stain on you, honey. You got more stains than a leopard. And you'll remember that I made the comment at the time that it was really odd that I was hoping she was going to be the one to say, wait, wait, stop. We've been down this path before. What if you're being set up? At this time, he's Lou saying, somebody's setting you up, and I want to find out. The whole thing with Lou just, just, either he's an idiot or he's neck deep in it. Oh, I Um, think he's neck deep in it. I I think so, too. And and then, I I mean, I, I got something that possibly I can't really say much at this point, but if if it pans out, it's going to be pretty interesting regarding that. But that setting up of Cooper, it only it almost feels that you know it's cabal, but at the same time there is another hand at it. Like almost looks like there is conflicting um, forces at work with him, and he has Agnes. So something happens to him and and Charlene. And what I mean, what are the the stuff happening to to Agnes? So this whole thing of him and and the fact that he's not saying, wait, wait a minute, this happened before. I, I guess he's in a way Cooper is very much like the audience saying, oh no, they cannot do this, they cannot do a fake death, they cannot do another framing. Sure, honey, they've gone on 30, 31 fake death and counting. So, yes, they can. And yes, they will. So anything that that has been done can be done again two and three and four times. Surprise. The neighbor is the real big bad at the end of the blacklist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he has faked his own death and is setting Cooper up because he really wants to marry. Um, So that's that's one thing. Revenge for the cabin. Oh um, yeah. Well, the, the fact that they're bringing the, the you know the, the the affair that brings us to to Solomon. And remember, the only people who knew about this affair is Karakurt, Solomon, Scotty, and the Cabal, and Tom, who supposedly is dead. I was gonna say Tom. And Tom, yeah. So this is it's a very short universe of people, and the Karakurt was alive, so the Cabal could have got to him. 
and get them to give him something. Solomon is still out there. Uh, Scotty, we don't know where it is. I mean, maybe this is all Scotty trying to get trying to get um, Agnes. Although I, I mean, she could fight it in court and win because a grand a grandparent will always win. But um, especially over somebody who's not even blood related, no matter what the moms uh, thought. But this, I mean, this entire thing to me is feeling very much like season two when Cooper gets the fake. This time it was, uh, back then it was a fake disease. Now it's a fake, um, now it's a murder of the guy who had an affair with a wife. Boy, he had no idea what he was doing when yeah. he thought he was just getting a little bit of anky panky. <laughs> yeah. So, um, How did you feel about the whole angle with Agnes and the way that she, hesitant to use the word announced, but the way that it was portrayed that she, quote unquote, knows that Red is Russian? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) hang on hang on i'm watching her put her theory cap on (laughs) yes so i i want i want to to bring your mind back to conets which is not a pleasant thing i know for most people to conets but bring you back to conets which is not something anybody enjoys doing um this is the events that happened. Liz is in the park. She calls Mrs. French. She's saying, you know, I, I got uh, some things to do over here. I'll meet you at the train station. We'll go to New York. We'll close the apartment. We're out of here. Um, she goes uh, She's in, She goes to, say, to see Cooper, goes to see Wrestler. She's still saying, I'm not going to take over the Empire or that. Um, and she doesn't, um, and then she tells them nothing about the killing red or whatever, just takes over the empire. She's not going to do it. Um, and she goes to the train station where she's waiting for Mrs. French. She sees Beth Riker, decides to go ahead, calls red, tell, he tells her, meet me in New York. So they go to New York. They spend the day in the park. And she says, you have to kill me tomorrow. Um, in the park, in Central Park, uh, they have a conversation where she asks, you know, why can't you tell me who you are before I agree to kill you? And he says, because if you did, you wouldn't kill me. Then they go back to, to, to Washington uh, she is in the car talking to Agnes. Is is night? Is they're in the restaurant. Red is inside with Dembe talking with people. She's in the car. She calls Aram and she calls Agnes. And this is what she tells Agnes. Uh, she's talking about the friend who's trying to be brave because he's uh, he's sick and all that, and says. Um, you know, and he's talking about red, like my friend who's who's sick. She tells him this thing. Um, and I'm blessed because of you. And don't forget 
no matter what happens, I love you to the moon and back. And then she says, one more sleep, okay? I'll see you in the morning. Now, I wanted to read you the goodbye call that Katrina has with Liz in, um, in Rasput. When are you coming home? It's going to take a while. Mom has some work to do, but I miss you. I miss you too, and I want to be with you. I really do. Until then, I need you to know that I love you so much. I love you, Masha. Whatever happens, Mama will always love you. So, nope. She says, whatever happens, Mama will always love you. Liz says, whatever, no matter what happens, I love you to the moon and back. So, final that for now. What do we know then? That at the moment that Red is still in the restaurant, Liz doesn't know anything. She's not saying told Agnes anything about Red being the most important person in the world or anything. And it can be bad writing. You could just have left a letter for the kid and he, she could have got it when, you know, she got to the 11 years, whatever. By the time Liz steps out of the car and lifts that gun, that's the conversation she had with Agnes. She hasn't said that Red is the most important person in the world. She hasn't talked about Pinky being that. It's my friend is sick. They haven't talked about any of that. He hasn't said anything about any Russian, anything, nothing. When could Dembe have given her the letter? Impossible she gave. He, she got that letter before she quote, 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 unquote, died. It's just not possible. And writers can figure a way to make this in a way that happens. I mean, I can find five ways on the top of my head. So what are you left with? The one thing that you just can't get away from. Miss fake her death again, or she survived somehow, and she fake her death, and Dembe gave her that letter after she died. And Agnes is a kid. You tell her, no, 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 that's the day you die. You say it enough, she'll believe it. You know, it's a traumatized kid who lost her mom. But there is no way. And they have been basically telling us straight to our faces with that conversation that Liz is not dead. They, they gave us that little hint in that goodbye of her and kudos to Desimona who find this out. That that goodbye of her is so similar to that goodbye with Katerina, who knew she wasn't going back. I think Liz faked her death. And Dembe was on it. Before it was Kate, now it's Dembe. Recycling of plots. But you had... The way it would have been done, let, let's say just for a second it was a fake death. You, you know me, I love a good fake death, mm -hmm. and it's not like Liz hasn't faked it before. But you have, what's his name? I can never remember his name, mostly because I just can't stand him. Um, that shot her. Van Dyke. Van Dyke, thank you. Um, you have Van Dyke, who showed up out of nowhere. To avenge his boss because he mm -hmm. had a crazy, crazy bromance with him or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Showed up conveniently there. With uh, the perimeter being secure, as Red says, is always is. Yeah. 
So somebody and, would have known that he was coming and set it up because according to Red, he always secures his perimeter. So he must have thought that that was secure. And yes, but my problem with that is Van Dyke would not have been complicit with a fake death. No, and would it have would been have told been... she'd be here, she'd be dead, she's right. wearing some safety vest, she, and, you know, she can press when she gets, feel the shot, she can press Maybe. that, gets the blood, and then Demba takes right away, and one of the task force have to be on it, or all of them. Maybe. It just, it just like, there is all these other ways in which this could have been introduced, like my mom left a letter for me. It it felt so clunky and so stiff and such an info dump as if I and this was I was watching it and going this just this feels wrong. I, I wasn't yeah. sure if it was the actress, but she has a long I went and looked the kid up on IMDb. She's got a long list. Of, but of it, it's what I'm telling you. They were skating in the eyes of mythology, and then suddenly they stopped, they got the laser, they cut a circle in the eyes and say, okay, well, now we're going to dive in it, because there is no way we're going there. And people say, oh, this means that it was because he's Russian. The first time he says, well, I wouldn't know the capital of Russia. He's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, and he's talking about my memory's fine. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not ancient. Um and it's when she says, she told me the most important person in the world. Basically, I, when we get there, we're basically saying the letter said that Red is apparent. Let's not go to which one in respect to to um, some theories out there. But it basically says that letter said that Red was apparent. That's why you wouldn't have shot him. Uh, but right to it, so whatever happened in Nakalo also means Liz never got an answer. She was standing at the end of La Calo saying, tell me, I need to know, and screaming at the top of her lungs while the invisible people disappeared after being shot, and then when Townsend arrives, they're not there. Um, so she didn't get anything in La Calo. Whatever what was presented to her, she got no answers whatsoever, which is like the rest of us, no answers. Then she gets to Connage and it seems like she's forgotten all about that and she's just happy that Townsend died. And you go like, wait a minute, weren't you in cahoots with him? Um, it's almost like, you know, she got a, woke up from a dream and then then she's in, in, in there and she's like all happy with, with Red and all lovey-dovey and holding hands and all that. It just, I mean, at this point, I tell you, this episode told me Everything in those episodes you have to view with extreme suspicion because with this one, they're basically telling either they're extremely bad writers and they cannot keep one thing straight or they're absolutely terrific writers and they just told you that Lick fake her death. That's a reaction I'm getting everywhere. I got another better one that you're going to love. But I'm still waiting for your reaction in this. I, that's, that's the reaction I got for you. Um, I, while I could have seen Ryan Eggle leaving 
going to another show, and then popping back at the end. I could see that happening because he wasn't the lead. I have trouble seeing that for Megan. She, I may be wrong. Said she's not. Le- she was leaving. She was leaving as a main actress. That's all they said. It's maybe. Uh, they have had some really cool twists over the years. You know me. I, I love Liz. I would love to her for her not to be dead. I I am not sold, but it would be an interesting path to take. I, I mean, I'm seeing what it would, clear as day. What would the purpose be, though, behind oh, it? To being she separated had a, a from a child? Order. Yeah. yeah, she was a burn order. And they're going to kill her, and they're going to go after anything that... Any, I mean, just like uh, like um, the bumbling assassin did, he found Agnes. At this point, there is only one safe way, which is for for Liz to die. Like Katarina. Yeah, it's, you're, you're having a Katarina 2.0. You know, and li- and uh, she she's she's not safe for Agnes, yeah. and she was not even in a good emotional place to be a mom. I mean, what she's blowing up planes and hospital rooms and carrying this kid back and forth like you know that's not really. I get it that is she may not be abandoning her child, but that's also not a life for a child. Yeah. Well, you I know? mean, I, I think she tried. Not yeah. and I think that she realized at some point that didn't work i'm just saying i don't know if it's true i don't i wouldn't know who was on it or not all i know is the stage is set and if you follow the clues thinking not feeling the clues have been there and they've been there from the very beginning um and i have another little strange thing that comes up I don't know if you remember, um, a, a long time ago I said, I, I talk about the countdown of fingers cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there were, you know, we started with one severed finger. Um, that was Carla Reddington, Naomi. We had two severed fingers, Leonard Cole. We got three, which was Pete McGee. We got four that was Joko in season seven. And now we go back and also casually, Weecha says that she has a finger on a drawer in her home. And, you know, she, she could have a head in a box, read um, uh, Marco Tanita. Um, and I thought, and I had this very, very strange flashback to one finger that we never knew what happened to it. Naomi's finger. Red got it in the box. What did he do? Is that a finger? Is that the finger? It doesn't have to be that finger. The fact that they're bringing back thing, severed fingers seem, and head in boxes to, is telling me it just throws back to season one, season two, yeah. season three. We're beginning. We keep having this like codas. And I tell you, it would be lovely if that was uh, Carla's fingers. Maybe Red says, this is a woman who betrayed me or whatever. And uh, we took out the finger and said, yeah, I'll find her. I have to admit, that's probably the first time I've actually liked Weecha. 
like up until this point, it's been her her action scenes because the actress is phenomenal with her hand to hand combat. Like, but I just have such a distrust of the character. But I was very fond of her her little quick quip about, well, if you find me the owner of the finger, I'll have a head in the box. Mm. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah and talking about that, that says that you... I like that. Yeah, it was it was it was fun. Come on, it's like. We've had a lot of body parts in front. We have the tongue of the director. Tom oh. sent a, a, a tattoo of a neck in, in, a, in a little plastic bag. I mean, Fred is classier, but he's older. He sends him in, in, in boxes. Tom sends him in bags. He's, he's you know, he's smart. He's just, you know, you know more he practical. was on the run. He was busy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he didn't have time to gift it's wrap practical. it. Plus, it's, it, you know, kind of skin is kind of, you need something to hold it, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it fit the uh, the thing, but we have fingers, teeth, tongues, heads, uh, going in bags. So and then all the Berlin body parts that arrive in boxes. So mm-hmm. there is a whole history of boxes in bags with human remains and human parts and all that. It's it's fascinating to me how we're bringing back this and bringing you know the fingers. Sever fingers also bring back Pete, bring the bones, bring Naomi, Berlin. There is, it's just so much that is coming. It's, it's funny. Um, so that's uh, that's a, the my my little thing on on the sever fingers. I thought my immediate reaction was like, hmm, I wonder if that would be Naomi. She, uh, we had such a, the person on the other end of this is about to get a bullet to the head sort of uh, approach to it, that I would have trouble being that Red handed her that with even a hint of a kill order attached to it, because oh. I don't get the impression she would leave that person alive. Oh, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think that that would be that case. In it, I mean, I'm not saying that that's her, that that's that oh, thing is oh, hers. They, they, if someone, I'm saying red at one moment like being drunk said that's a woman, that's woman, just whatever, and threw the finger off. I don't need this anymore in my life. I'm purging of all the darkness. And we show in and say, hmm, I wonder if I can find her. I, I mean, it's possibly just a guy or a woman that wrong her and or her sister and she has a bone to or a head to put in a box but um just the fact that they bringing all these things back the fact that now we have a a a, a psychologist working with red and there would be all this kind of things said i would love to be a fly in the wall in those sessions oh my gosh yes so that's well, why I, mean, I have I, it was a it was a good episode for me. I I actually liked it a lot and I love the blacklister. The yeah, I thought was, the blacklister was interesting. I thought she was interesting. I do wonder I felt like there was probably a simpler way <laughs> for the mafia guys to get to the witness in witness protection. <laughs> that was a really complicated way of getting about that. But um, it, it got them what they wanted. So well, it it was a it was a throwback to Red getting the restaurant to get to Halmis 
thumbs. Yeah. I guess that's that true. To the bank vault, and then he had to get the thumbs from the body and sever them in order to leave them for the director in the box. Sever fingers. Yeah, you're right. All right, thank you for that. Because yeah. at the end of it, I went, wait a minute. That was really complicated for, like, if I have to back it up to go, where, where's my connection there? Then it's it's pretty complicated. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. It is a throwback to that. So that's... We're going to hope that's the reason why. Yeah, as I said, this is the Rubicon. At this point, we're going to have to choose the side of this is a really well-written show or this is a really badly written show. But we're getting, I mean, the, the coincidences are either the writers being hacked or they're phenomenal writers and we are up for one heck of a twist. How would you feel if that twist is Liz is alive? Oh, I told you, I I always would prefer her being alive. I, you know, it will make my freaking day. I will still probably have complaints because I just have a lot of criticism about different stuff that's happened. It would make my freaking day if the Keens both walked out at the end of this and was like, psych. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I got a quick we question dead. for you. Let's say that that's the case, that Liz faked her death or somehow survived that. She's alive. End of the story. Yeah. What has she been doing? If she got that better. That would be the real question because if it's about the kill order, like if that if if she faked her death and it was because she had a burn notice on her, then I mean there's no I mean if they found out she was alive, unless she had maybe she's getting some sort of leverage to basically become the next Raymond Reddington. She's got something that's enough that she can create her own deal with the FBI. But what has she been That's, doing? If, if that letter told her where her mother was, basically told her what the story, what is she doing? What if she was tracking down Katerina? That's what I'm thinking. That's I'm thinking that Katerina was, I remember I told you that I'm feeling the hand of Katerina in Dembe going into the FBI. I wonder if Liz just went and found her mom and is just biding the time until something, whatever. And then now Red became the Skinner. Now he has a whole army. It seems like the war is coming. You think it'd be Red versus Cat? No, I think Cat is directing the thing. I think she got tired of Red um, getting distracted let's be gentle with him and decided that this oh my goodness the well, males in my life are making my life very complicated one or another they try to help and they mess things up i i will say that one of my greatest disappointments in this show has been blonde cat <laughs> and er like I didn't necessarily mind blonde cat in and of herself you know especially since she was not actually Katarina oh. but it just felt like such a crash and burn of expectations at the end of it well that's and only if you believe that that Kokamani story of Nakalo which makes no sense whatsoever yeah. with two years she was she is the blacklister with more episodes to under her belt. 
How can yeah. she be a fake? She introduces Katerina Rostova, Red talks about her with Dembe and Dom as Katerina. She says to the to uh, the Townsend guy, she's Katerina. I mean, I think she was a Katerina. I think that was yeah, the point. That there the were multiple one. Katerinas. Exactly, but it you cannot escape the fact of the two Katerinas. You just cannot. And when you add that they have a left-handed actress acting sometimes with her right hand, it's inescapable. There are two Katerinas. One is right-handed, the other one is left-handed. One was Russian, the other one was not. You got twins separated at birth. I don't think you can escape it. I mean, either they're terrible writers and this is a total mess up or they're phenomenal writers and the twist is going to be absolutely glorious. I'm betting for that one. I'll hope for it. I'm as much as I, as much hope as I've got left for it. <laughs> it's. You said you wanted to talk about red last um, yeah. monologue. Yeah. Just, I mean, we, we've covered it to some degree but i mean just such a lovely set of lines it really was he said i found peace and tranquility in a real feeling quiet yet i abandoned it out of a compulsion for chaos and peril i had uh, i had found light yet i'm compelled by the dark it animates me so much that i drag others into it others that i care desperately about so what is the purpose if i'm willing to risk everything good in my life to even defend risking it as necessary, or just when I know that the result will only be deep, uh, deepening darkness. It was, it was just a really interesting set of lines. And I'm still working through, honestly, I'm still working through them. It, it's, um, but, it's like he acknowledged that he's, that reminds me again of of Ulysses he had he did this war and he was supposed to get home and on the way home he kept getting distracted by this islands and the stuff and and it almost feels like that's the point that that was that for red is the darkness he really has a great time being a criminal And and he knows that he's dragging all these people that he really loves into that. And he can't stop himself. Yeah. But it was, I mean, when he's in the apartment and he starts to look at the letter, was... Um, well, I was trying to figure out at the time why he was handling it with um, with gloves on. I guess the, he didn't the first much. round. Oh no, no, he just didn't want to add any additional fingerprints to it. Mm -hmm. It was very good, you know, yeah. props to the to the prop department and the costuming department for yeah. thinking that through. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. Yep. But that's that's all I have. I'll be very interested to see what we see from uh, from Roberta moving forward. It was so weird though that they brought one episode and now another. You know, we had two weeks or then a month. Um, I guess the vagaries of of network television. But um, we'll be here. Yep. Uh, until then. 
for those of you that celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Um, I think we still have, and I think tonight's the last night of Hanukkah, so well, I'll get it edited to me. Happy Hanukkah for those that celebrate that as well. In general, happy holidays for all. Yep. And <laughs> May 2022 be slightly better than 2020 and 2021, which was oh. supposed to be better. <laughs> just, we, I feel like we keep just like crawling forward, <laughs> inching forward every little bit. Yeah, well, maybe that's all we get. Oh, that's depressing. Um, <laughs> on that note. <laughs> All right. Until next time, we will we will speak to you guys in 2022. And stay safe. Yep. Goodbye. Bye.